0: The Jewish Divorce Project, because marriage doesn't always work out, and chicken soup doesn't always help.
1: You do sound a little stuffy. Um, yeah. I mean, I think
2: it sounds sexy, so I'm fine <clears throat> with it. But
1: depending who you're talking to, it can be really attractive. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Isn't it attractive
1: would you like oh to go God. out on a date with me
0: <laughs> <that> sexy voice.
1: <laughs> hello welcome welcome
0: thank you nice thanks for having me
1: of course i'm glad you. we could finally make this happen i know like you and i communicated a long time ago and and there was a lot of silence just because the summer came and this was last minute. So, this is really wonderful to have you here. Thank you for joining us.
0: Absolutely. And last minute is kind of how I roll, you know, being a parent and just having life all over the place. Last minute. I <laughs> hear you.
2: I'm Sheva. Nice to meet you. To meet you. My, do- my daughter's name is Tamar. So, big
0: fan. All right. Off the bat.
1: Oh, look at that. That's wonderful. Yeah. Where do you Making live
0: Um, I live in way northern California, I'm up in Humboldt County
1: ooh Humboldt,
0: humboldt county. county yeah yeah wow that
2: doesn't was, sound puritan at all it's not, it's not
0: Um, i'm originally from santa monica and it definitely took my parents a long time to get used to this place when they started visiting but they're into it now
1: it's so. very different there's a i think there's a documentary about the weed industry in humboldt and how there, it's deadly
0: there are many documentaries about the weed industry the the hidden murders the you know all sorts of all sorts of exciting things is so, it like
1: the wild wild
2: west that's going on out there like it- it's really not I mean,
0: uh yeah there, there are pockets of course and then historically yes the weed industry has been a big economic thing here but um you know weeds tank and um the university's grown and there's been people moving in from the bay area for the last i don't know 10 years or so and i live in Arcata, which is really it's a the um well it was Humboldt State University, now it's called Cal Poly, um Humboldt is right here. And so it's really more of like a university hippie town. It's not really it's pretty mild.
1: It's a wonderful Absolutely. area though, in general, in Northern California. And, I, and I've been to San Francisco and Berkeley and that whole area and Santa Cruz even, that's but Northern
0: Humboldt. To...
1: I'm sorry. That's
0: not Northern California.
1: What is in San Francisco is not considered Northern California?
0: That's like the thing that drives us crazy up here because that's actually Central California.
1: Oh, in comparison yeah. to Homer. preach
2: it tomorrow. You always gotta put gnome in his place. That's how that. we, we roll here. I like
1: a dominant woman. <laughs> um I must That's be fellow whack then. <laughs> uh just to show you that we never do uh visual stuff. I wore my hair exactly as I woke up this morning. So perfect.
2: Oh I, I got all dolled up. So <laughs>
1: in your nice plaid jacket.
2: In my in my lumberjack clothes. I am up here. be
1: Um, Great. So, Tamar, um, let me read this bio for you and we'll get right into the conversation. It's great having you. Uh, Friends, we're joined by Tamar Burris today. She is a certified relationship and co-parenting coach. She is also a certified pre-mediation counselor and new ways for families coach and has published a children's book for families of divorce called A New Special Friend, which helps introduce new romantic partners to our children. Her motto in working with two two home families and parents is co-parent without blame, shame, or games. You can find her on the World Wide Web at TamarBurris.com. That's T-A-M-A-R-B-U-R-R-I-S.com. On Instagram and Facebook at the same first name and last name. And you can find her on Twitter at Coach Tamar. Tamar, it's wonderful to have you. I think we met several months ago during the whole... Um, what was it? Clubhouse craze and that yeah. transition to in, into a lot of Facebook or or uh, uh, Instagram friends, uh, and so this is really wonderful that we can make this happen. How are you doing today?
0: I'm great. I'm so glad to be here. And what happened to Clubhouse? That was such a
1: brief little. Blip. Well, it's still there. I mean, I think the fun bubble of it has kind of uh, popped, and
2: oh, Clubhouse has rode its wave. It's it's done.
1: Well, I think, I don't know, you could talk to the people who are on it now, but I think all the people that were on it during the, you know, during the quarantine, when it came out, were having a lot of fun because there was nothing to do. And the big question for everyone, you know, who was on it 24 seven at that time was like, when this whole thing ends, what the hell are you going to do with your time? Because you can't be on clubhouse, you have an actual job to get to. And I think that's what's kind of happened is that a lot of people who are on it frequently are now back to real life. And so there's no reason to be on Clubhouse or there's no availability to be on Clubhouse.
2: Right. Okay. I missed the whole Clubhouse uh, (laughs) fad.
1: You know, Tamara, if you have a a set of headphones, uh, we can, uh, those might be a little bit easier to use in the conversation you attach them to your computer Uh,
0: because i did have a set of headphones but my cat actually chewed through the cord and i was looking around to find another set and i I don't have any right now sure
2: sure the classic cat through chewed through your headphones excuse
1: (laughs) (laughs) so um tamar um we'd love to know a little bit more about what you do we read your bio we gave your handles uh we'd love to know a little bit more about what you do as a relationship and co-parenting coach can you can you tell us a little bit more about that please
0: Sure, absolutely. Um, I generally work with one co-parent. Sometimes I work with two, but um, most of the time someone who comes to me, it's because they're having issues in their co-parenting relationship, which usually signals that both parents aren't necessarily willing to be here together. So um, I work with someone to try and help them overcome um, their sort of emotional stuckness in their relationship with their co-parent and to really put their children first and to help develop boundaries and a more peaceful situation so that they can actually just focus on parenting their child together rather than kind of all the stuff that came into the parenting, the relationship beforehand um, and the way that they would interact with their co-parent beforehand uh, needs to change, so.
2: So as a co-parenting specialist for our listeners, uh, are you someone who Helps people during the divorce process as well, helping write up a parenting plan, or do you come in more afterwards to help smooth out the relationship?
0: I can do any. Um, and I actually I prefer to work with people right from the beginning because it sets them off on on good footing, you know. Sometimes people mm-hmm. come to me later on and they wish they had done something different in their parenting plan or they need to make some repairs and changes in their relationship, which of course can happen, but it's a lot easier if you start in the beginning with the mindset of, you know, I am going to be a co-parent and this is how it's going to work and let's put the emotion aside and let's have a great parenting plan and you know really think through all of the things that are going to come up. It, it's if you can do it from the beginning and if you can't i'll work with you anywhere
1: yeah you said something that was uh, an interesting phrase you said emotionally stuck mm -hmm. uh, in the co-parenting relationship and can you um, just explain that a little bit what does it mean to be emotionally stuck in the co-parenting relationship and, and how does it come out how does it manifest and what do you do about it
0: right well A lot of time you know we come to co-parenting we've been in a relationship we've been in a romantic relationship and then boom you go into co-parenting and people take their old habits and patterns with one another into that relationship and so they they continue communicating in the same way they have the same fights you know they have the same interactions they have the same triggers and judgments and um they they have the same resentments and you can't co-parent well that way You have to really separate the relationship and understand that what happened before is gone and dead and I need to look at this person with new eyes. Yes, you can bring to the table what you know about them, uh, especially if it's a high conflict person, but you have to really begin from this place of we are business partners, we are raising children together, we no longer have the romantic component, I can no longer look to them to meet my emotional needs. And I can't get angry with them for not meeting my emotional needs. Mm. And I'm no longer going to meet their emotional needs. You know, so it's a whole new way of communicating and interacting with the person who you've known for a long time.
2: Yeah. So I'm going to make a a wild assumption that you come to this profession through personal experience as well.
0: Of course. Yeah. (laughs) Can
2: you tell us a little bit about, you know, your personal journey and what inspired you to focus on this?
0: Absolutely. So um, I was a teacher for a long time, and I worked in curriculum development, and then I moved into coaching. I, I really enjoyed coaching people through relationships. And then I split from my own. And when we split, um, it was hard. We'd been together for 23 years.
2: Oh.
0: You know, I grew up with him and we knew each other so well. And there was a lot of pain, a lot of anger, a lot of hurt. Um, but we have a child. And I knew immediately that my child needed the best of both of us and that it wasn't fair for me to put my emotional hurt and pain into the situation, that he needed to have a separate, clean relationship with his father and with me. And so I started co-parenting from that perspective and really putting myself aside and, and you know, using my therapist and my friends and my, my personal time to take care of my own needs, and then just focusing on him when it came to co-parenting. Um and I got a lot of comments in the beginning, wow, I can't believe you're doing that. Or how did you know how to do that? And I was like, I I don't know. This is just, you know, this is just what comes naturally to me. And I started uh, reaching out and connecting more with people in the divorce community and realizing that there's a real need for this, that there aren't people who do this, you know, naturally and that they need help. We all need help. And so I started switching my focus in my coaching practice to co-parenting. And it's been really rewarding because it's a situation that I'm in and I can see how valuable it is and how and how needed it is um, in my life and how much my child has really prospered and thrived because he hasn't had to deal with the adult component of our situation Um, and so I really I enjoy helping other people have that as well. So how on board was your ex with this Mm. way of co-parenting? Was it
2: you had a conversation about it and he said yes let's do this together? Was it you know you shifting your behavior kind of forces someone else to shift their behavior what was that like for the two of you it's
0: all it's all the above really you know i I, and i know that he we had a we had a long friendship before we even got together um and so we sort of have this base of friendship and we can talk to one another no matter what so we both knew that we wanted to be friendly. You know, he, he comes from a divorce background and it was really painful for him and he didn't want his, his son to experience what he had. So I had the benefit of that where he did want to um, make sure that our child had a healthier environment than he, than he grew up in. Um, And so we had that, but it is, it's, it is also changing my behavior because I could look at him and we can immediately get into an argument, you know, based on all of the triggers that I've had and all the ways that I know him and all the, things that irritate me. Um, or I can step back and I can say, okay, you know, what am I upset with right now? And does this actually have anything to do with the present? And is this helpful for my child? Um, and generally it's not. So when you cool off and then you sort of switch how you communicate with somebody, your behavior changes, their reaction to you changes, and then the cycle just sort of spins from there in a really positive way.
1: How long do you think it is? I mean, I imagine a lot of these things that you're talking about are habituated behavior, right? I mean, using your own marriage, for example, and even ours, right? We're talking at the very least 10 years, in your case, 23 years, it's a long time, right? And you just fall into patterns with people. So the way that you communicate, the way that you react, the way that you, whatever it is to people is all habituated behavior, right? It's just kind of ingrained in you and you don't even really notice it. When you work with someone to, Try new forms of communication and new forms of response and approach to their ex. How long is the arc of improvement for them? Right. And is it usually just a linear path, or is it one of those kind of things where success doesn't look like a straight line, but looks like, you know, a bunch of tangles and then eventually it straightens out? I mean, what are we talking about here?
0: Well, it's generally not linear. I mean, most things in life aren't. Um, There's always going to be setbacks and there's setbacks in your own behavior. Like something will trigger you more than something else did and you know to behave somehow differently and you just can't, you know? So you make a mistake there and then you have to repair and continue on. So it's a learning process. And for some people it's really quick. And for some people it takes a longer time the most important piece really is looking at yourself. And so it kind of depends on how self-aware somebody is and how much they are willing to change themselves. Because a lot of people come to me and they're so angry and upset. And it's all about, he did this, she did this, she's this, and, you know, he, I can't talk to him and blah, 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 blah. And it's, and it's really focused on the other person. And so it's really, how quickly can you focus on yourself and see what you bring to the table? How are you escalating this? Because the only person that you have control over and that you can take responsibility for is yourself. So oftentimes we we have this sort of victim mentality of like, well, I can't do that because this other person won't let me or, right. you know, the other person always acts this way. And it's like, right. okay, well, let's try it a little bit differently this way. And um, and you can see results really quickly. It just depends on who you're working with and who they are working with.
2: So I'm gonna give a little pushback just to play devil's advocate a little bit, because uh, it's something that I come up with also professionally and that I am a big fan of, you know, you only have control over yourself and, and look inwards to try and make change. And I, but I find that with divorce, sometimes it's it's really hitting up you know you can self reflect you can do things differently and yet sometimes you have a co-parent who does who is not a co-parent you know you cannot change the behavior but they're doing things that you might find destructive or harmful to the kids or might even be objectively harmful to the kids and so how much it's it's sometimes even beyond infuriating it's it's even worrisome and so you know you can self reflect and do be be as zen as you can be and yet Maybe still some harmful behavior is happening. So, what, how, how do you recommend navigating that?
0: Well, that's there's a caveat, you know, to all of this is mm. the generalization. Every situation is unique and individual. And of course, you have to protect your kids. So, if there's something that's truly harmful, then you need to bring the law in, and you need to you need to establish something differently. You can't have, you know, you can't just whitewash the co-parenting relationship and and say, oh, I can only focus on myself when you know that there's actual damage happening to your children. No, that becomes a larger fight. And so, you know, with that, if I were working with someone in that situation, I can still work with them because I can help them have a healthier relationship with their children, know how to communicate with their children about what's going on, how to keep that dialogue there and how to stay a stable and centered parent. And even how to not throw their other parent under the bus while you are still pursuing legal measures. You know, there's ways to tell a child, you know, that there are wonderful things about this parent, but this parent is still unsafe. Um, so that—that's sort of my suggestion in that arena. No, absolutely not. You can't—you can't ignore truly harmful behavior. No.
1: You know, there's—I um, I think there's a dream out there that once you get divorced, um, you won't even have any problems with your ex. That everything will be rainbows and that's unicorns. That's not true. No, no. I... <laughs> Thought it was, what? but clearly it's not. But we've had, you know, a guest very early on in the show um, who talked, who wrote a book, our happy divorce, right, and how it took him a while to come around to, um, you know, this good co-parenting relationship with his ex, and it's taken them both to really come to the table with something like that. And I remember even on Clubhouse, we met someone, um, and I don't know if you call this co-parenting. I don't know what you'd call it, but she was still living with her ex, and uh, also his new partner.
2: Oh, polygamy.
1: <laughs> maybe in utah polyam-
2: polyamory <laughs> it's
1: definitely ethical mon- non-monogamy i'll tell you that much um but, uh, i'm sorry
2: nesting, nesting nesting
1: no but i don't think this was nesting because they no. weren't leaving the place right nesting is when one person you know the kids are always there and then the parents alternate that's not what i was under the impression that they were all living together under one house gotcha. um, which is a, 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 I would say, an extreme scenario, right? Like I don't know anyone that really wants to do anything like that. But if it worked for them, it worked for them, as we say in the Jewish tradition. Gag is into hate. Go live in good health. Um, uh, you know, man, no, I don't know what type needs of health. To
2: make a, a rabbinical reference at least once. The podcast. I times. have to drop something Let's like check, that. Ding. You right. Did it. <laughs>
1: or else, like my place in this podcast has not He's been done. earned.
2: Done.
1: Um, uh, but uh, and I have plenty of worth beyond that. I've worked on that with my therapist. Um, but. Um, You know, like there's this dream out there of being everything perfect with your, your, uh, your ex, right? You come over for dinners, you celebrate holidays together, going to graduations and other events is no problem. You sit together, right? And all that stuff. And you even exchange jokes and maybe in the best of worlds, right? When you're with your new partner and they're with your new partner, you become like this, you know, fantastic foursome. You, you know, you don't, you know, everything's hunky-dory and great in that way. Uh, And I'm kind of curious from your perspective, does that ever happen? What does it take to make something like that happen? Um, And like, is it, is that even realistic?
0: I mean, I think it, it can happen. It doesn't always happen. And I don't think that you should beat yourself up for it not happening in your situation. And that's something that I try and convey to a lot of people because yeah, people come to me with that idea and then they already feel shame and guilt that they're not able to do that. And so they somehow think that they're now destroying their children in new ways, you know, but that is, that is a fantasy that comes true for some people, but certainly not for everybody by any means uh and i think what it takes to make that happen is you have to be really authentic you have to truly be there you know i do have people who come to me really early on and that's their goal but they haven't done any of their healing yet and so they just like force the situation oh we're gonna have family meetings Oh, we're gonna have dinners we're gonna have this we're gonna have that but there's a lot of tension and resentment that's and hurt that's brewing underneath and and it doesn't work you know and then they're extra angry at themselves so you have to allow yourself the time and the space to heal and to get to that place if that's where you really want to go um, and both people have to be on board you know you can't i, I feel hear footsteps i think i have a child coming my way um
1: it's okay don't worry we all have children <laughs> Bring them <in.
0: laughs> um yeah so you can't it's not something that you can force and if, if it doesn't happen that's okay too i mean there are plenty of amicable co-parenting situations where People are cordial. They say hello and they go to the same events and they don't sit together. And that's pretty much it. That's fine. There's also parallel parenting where you just you can't get along and you're not on the same page, but you don't want to fight. And so you just parent in your own lane and you transition the kids. And that's that.
1: That's very good, because I always thought parallel parenting was like mirroring, mirroring what your ex did, right? And you just do so out of respect for one another. But what you're saying is you do your own thing, you stay in your own lane, and you have respect for your ex in that way. And that's a very different way of understanding it.
0: Oh, yes, very. No, parallel parenting is when you can't or you don't want to, for whatever reason, come together and try and have a cohesive parenting situation together. You're just doing it separately, and you allow one another to do what you're doing, and go on with your life.
2: So I know this is going to be a hard question because I'm sure that there's a lot of methodology and tools and tricks that you use. But if you can kind of sum up, if somebody comes to you and what is your underlying message of how to co-pairing? What is a skill or perspective that you feel is important for the people you work with?
0: Come on in, come on in. <laughs> um, well, I can't do it, babe. Sorry. OK. Um, Okay, sorry. Uh, that was
1: brilliant, by the way. That was really brilliant. <laughs> I, I mean, just to see you. Be Tamar
0: alien. in action. We get exactly. to see.
1: <laughs> it's tough to say no to your kids. It really is. But I think there's a lot of value in that. It, it is for me. <laughs> Please. I you know know. how many I groin kicks I've taken because my kids are like we want to wrestle now. Well, that's because like, they're
2: short right now, but they'll get taller. That's <laughs> well, my fault
1: for teaching them how to do it, but but it's just it's difficult to say no to your kids, and maybe that'll come up in our conversation too sometime.
0: It is so. I mean, I want to go back to the question that you just asked, Eva. But in saying no, that's something that comes up a lot with co-parenting too, because once you split into different households, there's so much guilt, and you want to give your kids everything, right? So no becomes a really hard word for both parents. Um, You already feel like you've, you know, damaged them, even though you haven't necessarily. Um, And so you don't want to say no to anything. And that can become a real problem for parents. Um, Anyway, okay, going back. So um, I think that for me, communication is key. And so um, I don't know uh, if you are familiar with Bill Eddy, who does, hi, yeah, okay. (laughs) It sounds like divorce. Yeah, high conflict.
1: Me, yeah, just explain it for anyone who's not familiar.
0: So Bill Bill Eddie is a he's a longtime lawyer and mediator, and he has a whole high conflict institute, and it's all about communicating with a high conflict person. And mm-hmm. he's done it for business and he he does it with co-parenting. And it's a super effective method, I believe. Um, in just in just he has something called the BIF method, which is to keep it brief, informative, friendly, and firm.
1: I stole that by the way. All totally right. made it my own.
0: Yeah. Well, I use it all the time with clients. It's really effective. Um, And that is something that I try and teach people how to do is, you know, if you are having trouble communicating, let's drop it back into having it be texting, emailing, or on a co-parenting app. Let's not have in-person conversations right now. Let's do something where you can write it out and you can sit with it for a minute and you can look at it and see, okay, is this brief? Is this just informational and factual? You know, or am I putting my emotions in there? Is it friendly? Because we can be cordial and polite. Um, and is it firm? You know, and, and you start and I start training people with that as best as I can. Um, and that is that's a basic that I use. Hold on, man. what do you need, Raiden? <laughs> yes.
1: Sorry. It's okay. No worries. Okay, it's real it. life unfolding. Do you, yeah, do what you gotta do.
2: Yeah. Does he want to come on? Because I mean, you know, I'm sure he has what to say. That,
1: that would actually be interesting if that's okay with you, you know, for him to share what his experience is like. I, won't I don't push think it, we're
2: there yet. No, I, I might need some prep work.
0: Thought about because I really do use a lot of my personal experience to share with people because I think it's important. But that is something that my ex and I have grappled with in the past is he, he's like, you know, don't use our son. I'm like, I get it. I get it. I get it. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's a tough so
2: you I would love to hear more about your book because that is another hot topic of yeah. when and how to introduce significant others. Uh, some people feel you know showing your kids what's going on in your life or modeling relationships, and other people are far more um reclusive and you know that or their dating life is completely separate. So tell us about your book.
0: Okay. Yeah, my book is a new special friend. And I have someone crawling at my back. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Don't kill her,
1: kiddo. We need her for the show. Don't kill her. (sighs)
0: And as a, you know, as a former teacher, I really rely that that's another thing I do with my clients is I really rely on books, resources like that I think are amazing when you're not ready to talk about something, but it's there in front of you. A book is an excellent resource. It's a great way to open a conversation. And so I wasn't quite ready for his dad to have another person that was coming into his life, but I knew that it was really important that we set the stage and have it be open and clear and loving and that he didn't feel any that my son didn't feel any kind of guilt or any kind of concern with this new person so I looked for a book and I couldn't find one and I was really surprised because there are so many divorce books and there are a lot of books about blending families a lot of books about you know step having step families and whatnot, but there wasn't anything that
1: telling kids about divorce. I mean, I remember buying several books, picture books, like we have two homes or something like that. Right, yeah, is that
2: really for you up. or for your kids no
1: it was both for us i swear to god after i put them to bed and read it i, like, I read I it myself This oh, is
0: happening.
1: oh my god two homes
0: <laughs> well it's true i mean because when i when i wrote this book i thought oh it's for him but really actually it was for me because i wasn't quite ready to have these conversations but there were things that i wanted to make sure he heard so i wrote i wrote it in the book um a new special friend and it's so it's for families who are at that point at which mom mom or dad those are those are paperweights at which mom or dad are, um, are introducing new people into into our lives and you know it hopefully addresses all of the emotions that a child can go through including the one that that i think is the hardest is guilt you know guilt over over the other parent and making sure that the other parent is okay. So I really wanted him to know right away that I would be fine with it, that he can do whatever he wants and that it's not about me. And so he can make that relationship his own. Is That's
1: that, incredible. It, it's, a, it's a wonderful resource in that way because there really aren't any resources like that. And it's very nuanced, particularly in the you know range that we talked about in terms of you know just separating to begin with and what does that look like for kids or then creating a blended family, right? Or step parents and things like that. Um, this is really a wonderful step and a nuanced step at that play, at that you know point to, to have this conversation and to be able to give parents and kids the words to really articulate it. Uh, another word that you recently brought up just now is the word guilt. Um, and it seems like you do a lot of talking about single mom guilt or just mom guilt in general in that way. and I'm curious to know how you know pro or against. I'm I'm for whatever type of guilt helps you get through the day. It's a wonderfully motivating factor as the Jewish tradition offers.
0: Important characteristic. Yeah. Yeah. You can't jump on me right now. I'm sorry.
1: It's okay. Don't apologize. Seriously. He's beautiful. I
0: really wish that my cat hadn't chewed those headphones.
1: That's the way it goes sometimes.
2: Well, maybe we should we should wrap up. You've given us so many really wonderful things to think about tomorrow but um i don't know if it's hard for you to continue with this okay
0: okay.
1: (laughs) i'm okay if you're okay seriously Um, as the book says
0: another book um okay uh yeah guilt guilt is huge i mean i think guilt is big for dads as well but i'm a mom so i don't experience the dad guilt but um yeah you know we walk into this situation we no one expects to split up no one expects to have two homes and you are worried about your child even even when you're married right or even when you're together, you're always worried about what you're going to do, how you're going to influence your child, how you're going to damage them, you know, why they're going to go to therapy as an adult. And uh, then you throw in divorce and that's a biggie. That's a biggie. It changes everything. and, And it brings a whole host of concerns about whether you're doing everything properly, whether you can cover all the bases, you know, whether you are supplying them what they need. And as a mom, you think, well, you know, oftentimes it feels like, um, there's no dad. And so is he missing out on that mentoring and that man, you know, and even in my situation, like rationally, I know he has a father, you know, he has someone who loves him and he has someone who does that on his side all the time, but it's not with me any longer. And so, you know, you show up at events and there's a mom and a dad and you're like, oh man, it's just me. Or are you sporting things? You know, I'm about to coach his soccer team. I'm like, am I good enough for that? I don't know. I am, but I am. See, yeah, I'm good enough for that. But, (laughs) (laughs) or are you i am or are you (laughs) Uh
1: oh Uh oh hey now buddy your mom's Uh, doing a great job i can tell just by watching her right now
0: so you know i like
2: it he has to keep her on her toes yeah yeah.
0: you got it it's real it's there it exists and and i think we just acknowledge it so we can hopefully uh, dissipate it
1: um so um one of the things you've also seemed to do some talking about is kind of um getting along with your ex's new partner Um, and i'm curious to know um what that's like and you know like are there tips for something like that for anyone who doesn't necessarily get along with their ex's new partner whether that be boyfriend fiance or spouse right what does that really look like um and how do you co-parent successfully with someone else like that in the picture?
0: Right. Well, first and foremost, I think going back to the idea of there's no one set picture for what co-parenting looks like. Right. So getting along can mean a whole host of different things. You don't have to be best friends with your ex's new partner. You know, you don't have to really be friends at all, but being cordial and polite and having a, a line of communication can be really helpful. You have to remember that this adult is in your child's life and um, so the more that you can have an open line of communication with them about, about your child, the better. Uh, the more that you know that they respect you, the better. So it's it's in your favor to be at least polite as much as, as you possibly can. Um, and I think also again taking ourselves out of the equation taking our own egos out of the equation you know the biggest thing is like are they going to replace me and you know I'm the parent I'm the mom I'm the dad you have to sort of let go of that a little bit hey, can you stop doing that you have to let go of that a little bit and you have to make sure that your children come first and remember that this is just another hopefully in a in a positive situation this is another person who loves your child right this is another person who can who can show them experiences and deal with their emotions in a way that maybe you can't and that's a good thing you know we think about the people that we allow into our child's life like a teacher or a coach you know and we're excited to have those people in our children's life because they are showing them something they're teaching them something of value and so if you can look at your ex's new partner in that same sort of light And remember that they are a person with their own gifts, their own perspectives, their own experiences, and they bring things to the table that you might not have. So it can be a really wonderful asset for your child. They're never going to replace you. They're only going to enhance what your child experiences in this world.
1: Do you wanna, I, do, just, do you say, I just
2: want to create a visual here for our audience who cannot see the superpower of a mom that her son is yeah. literally on her head as she is seamlessly <laughs> giving such sage oh, wisdom oh. so if you want if everyone could ever see yeah. the real superpower it's it is amazing. unfolding right now it really is with a smile too
1: <laughs> with in, a in, smile
2: I mean he has wrapped his arms and body around her as she's just not without a pause or a beat i had
0: it it. when we set this time that we might have some issues but i wanted to go ahead and do it anyway
1: i appreciate that we appreciate that do you want it just at just offering do you want to take a minute just to meet his needs in some way and then continue the conversation
0: no no yeah do do you you want to restart that or what are you just just gonna be so silly that you want to stay yeah i do want to restart. okay go and press play and no, then, yeah, but mom, the yeah. box is there and it's... The- We're having an issue with our TV where this weird box comes up all the time. Sure. And you it. Anyway, okay, so then you have to be, you have to be able to be quiet for just another couple minutes. Can you no, do that? No. I'll let you watch the rest when you, if you get down and be quiet for some mm-hmm. minutes before we watch it up. All right. I don't know how this is going to go, but we're going to try.
1: Well, we won't take up too much more of your time because this has just been a wonderful conversation. And you've just, you've been so generous with your wisdom and your experience and especially the time with your son, uh, which we all know is precious. So thank you so much for that. Um, so tomorrow,
2: uh, you know, your book is on Amazon?
0: It's on Amazon. It's You can order it from bookstores. It's anywhere you want to get a book. A New Special Friend is available. In- a
2: New Special Friend. Sounds like a great resource.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I hope so. Um,
1: yeah. If you could, you know, you talked about, um, you know, how it's not a linear experience co-parenting, right, and learning to co-parent successfully in that way if you could speak to someone who is in your position, right? So just taking your own experience, right? They come out of a long-term marriage, 15, 20 years, something like that. And um, they're having difficulty co-parenting with their ex. Um, (laughs) It's okay. Um, And they're having difficulty co-parenting with their ex, right? Um, Walk us into that for a second, talk to yourself or talk to that person, right? As if they were here with you Right. And what would you be telling them?
0: Well, first and foremost, where you are today is not where you will always be. So remember that there is a process. There is a journey and take each step as it comes. Um, Try not to shoot yourself in the foot. Don't make really don't make really big, bold moves and large arguments now because you don't know what the future is going to bring. Give yourself some space and time to interact. In a I'm non-emotional needle, way, needle. And, oh. and move forward as best as you possibly can, and just know tomorrow will be different. It will be, I promise.
1: Well, since the dogs have been let out too, it sounds like it really is time for us to wrap up. But um, this has been this has been absolutely fantastic. It really has, Tamar. Thank you for joining us today. Don't thank forget you so to check out. Don't forget to check out Tamar Burris's new book, or her book, not new, but uh, a new special friend which is available on Amazon. Again, you can find her at TamarBurris.com and Tamar Burris on Instagram and Facebook as well, T-A-M-A-R-B-U-R-R-I-S uh, on any of those handles and Coach Tamar on Twitter as well, friends. Uh, it, like We'd love to have you back at some point because we always need to talk about co-parenting and there's always new things coming out about it. So um, we'll have you back for another conversation. Uh,
0: exactly. Time when I am um,
1: was alone. So <laughs> <laughs> that might be wonderful. Excellent. Thank
0: you, Tamar.
1: Friends, you. you can always find us uh, the Jewish Divorce Project at thejewishdivorceproject.com, dot com, and the same thing on Facebook and Instagram, the Jewish Divorce Project.
2: And you can email us at thejewishdivorceproject at gmail dot com with any questions, comments, suggestions. Uh, we love input like that.
1: Tamara, thank you so much for giving us wisdom uh, and sharing your time with us. We know that uh, momming and parenting is a very important thing to you. And good luck at your soccer game today.
0: Thank you. Thank you both so much. Have a great day.
1: Take care. Mm -hmm.